Welcome to Build Relationships, Break Poverty, a podcast hosted by Children's Hope Chest. This podcast challenges the Western perception of international poverty by elevating the voices of local leaders each month. It's our desire to share stories from our staff around the globe who work tirelessly to see vulnerable communities transformed. We believe that building two-way relationships will break the cycle of poverty. My name is Will Crooks. As part of the advancement team for over 10 years, I have the privilege to find and build relationships with churches, businesses, and schools. Our guest today is the Guatemala Country Director, Carolina Cardona. Welcome, Carolina. You've been Country Director for nearly six years, and in this month's episode, we're going to ask you what questions you had for Carolina. There are lots of questions from our curious Hope Chest friends, and this is very, very exciting because I've been to Guatemala many, many times, and we've shared many, many fun experiences along the way. So welcome to today's podcast. Hi, Will. I'm excited to be here with you, and I'm looking forward to answering all the questions that have been submitted. I think we are here to have fun and get to know each other, and we want to make our audience want to take a flight and come to Guatemala. That's right. One of the most hospitable places on the planet, for sure. Why is that? Why is Guatemala kind of known for its hospitality? Well, you know, we, we are just different and we love having visitors. We love um, sharing, uh, sharing our lives, sharing our home, sharing our food with friends. And I think we, we don't only do that with Guatemalans, we do that with anyone who comes to the country. I have visited uh, other countries in Central America and I always get the comment, you know, Guatemalans are so kind, so welcoming. So this is not just people from the U.S. thinking about this. It's also people from Central America. So we are just so special. That's exactly right. That's certainly been my experience as well. It's one of my favorite places to visit in all of the world. And uh, certainly the culture has a lot to do with that. But uh, very special friends uh, uh, not only at the care points, but uh, the national staff there. Uh, they're such a co- cohesive unit, and they love they love each other. They they love the work that they do. You have a great staff. Yes, they are amazing, and they have been a response to my prayers because I rather have people passionate about what we do than people with all the titles and all the qualifications. I think passionate people make a difference uh, in our day-to-day operations. Yeah, that's true, and I know that that's true for the U.S. side of things as well. So some of the questions that our Hope Chess friends were asking uh, when you hear the title uh, country director, uh, what does that kind of mean? And what are the responsibilities that you have as the country director of, of, of Guatemala? That is a great question. So as country director, my responsibilities are to make sure that the Hope Chess Guatemala operations are running at a high standard for the nonprofit world. You know, excellence is one of our core values at Children's Hope Chest, and we want to reflect that in our operations. 
but also is making sure that our different care points throughout the country run programs and projects that first honor God, then that serve the Guatemalan children and youth, and also that create community transformation. All of this takes different forms, you know, from going to eight to 10 meetings in one day, to spending hours uh, just listening to community leaders. Sometimes I'm discussing the operations budget, but also supporting our CarePoint's economic empowerment initiatives. Um, I also do a lot of visits to our CarePoint's. Honestly, that's where, when I wish my day could have more than 24 hours, <laughs> because I wish I could visit more communities. But when I do, you know, I make the most of the time that I spend there. So something that I enjoy working from Children's Hopeches is that there is no one day like the other. You know, I can start my week and I know Monday won't look like Wednesday or Tuesday. You know, every day is going to be different. And, um, you know, I, I think that uh, as a leader, it's very important to have my cup filled with uh, God's spirit because you never know when someone is gonna come asking for help. So my prayer has been that I can have something, not because I have it, but something that God can give, give me so I can share and encourage others. So one of the biggest lessons that I learned is, you know, it is better to give than to receive. And when you give, you know, you, you, you see God working and my heart is encouraged uh, to keep doing what I do. So it is not only being at an office or visiting care points or just talking to people. It is, you know, I think as a country director, I, I always say, God, I'm willing to do what you want me to do. Here I am today. So it may take different shapes from day to day. Yeah, that's wonderful. And you talk about the passion that you and your staff uh, have for, for the work. Uh, how are you wired and in, in what are the things that bring the most joy in life um, uh, to you in your responsibilities? Yeah, I love seeing God working in and through people. And I'm gonna add that I love seeing how he works through people in his perfect timing. You know, I just love when, when God uses my passionate team, but also the community leaders, how God used them to make a difference in someone's life. Uh, I believe that the work we do is impacting God's kingdom. So uh, I just, you know, it is really encouraging to sometimes as a leader, as a leader, I'm just a platform where people, you know, for people to serve others, for people uh, to let people be used by God. And seeing that has been great uh, because I have seen people that were like, I don't know if I can do it. But when they come to Hopeches and we empower them and we, and we trust in their capacities, just seeing how God uses them and how people, not, not only people that we serve, but people on our team are transformed, that, that brings me a lot of joy. That's great. We have thousands now of Hope Chess friends uh, connected with, uh, with children in, in Guatemala. And one of the 
unique things that, that we have the opportunity to do is this letter writing. Uh, and it's a process. It's, it's a whole system uh, that goes into that. Uh, a lot of work is behind the scenes for sure. What kinds of things do you encourage uh, the children to write their Hope Chess friends? And maybe how often do you encourage um, uh, the folks in the U.S. to, to send emails and, and letters to the children? That's a very important question. And I'm going to use the opportunity of this question to also remind our special, you know, uh, Guatemalan or prayer friends that the best way for them to communicate with the children is using uh, our website, using um, our email system. I know that many times we want to send uh, like a, a, a letter or, or, or a picture, like a hard copy, but because of um, some of the struggles we have right now with the pandemic and uh, um, communication, Regular mail is going to take longer to get to us. So my recommendation will be use our website. Um, and, and when you get a, a letter from your friend, there is a link in that email. If you just click the link and send a letter, that would be amazing. So yeah, now I'm going to answer your question, but I just wanted to use that opportunity to remind our um, prayer friends about this. So. Um, we encourage the children to write normal day activities. I think it is important for prayer friends to understand how a day in the life of a child looks like. Also, if we have a holiday or a celebration that is coming up, we encourage the children to write about it so prayer friends can understand more about Guatemalan culture. We ask the children to write from two to three letters uh, in a year. But if you send them letters, um, you know, we always ask them to, to send you a response right away. Over the last two years, you know, this process has been a little bit slower because of COVID. But, you know, letters are getting to the children. We are getting responses. It's taking a little longer, but we are getting there. Um, so uh, something else that I want to add to uh, the letters question is, please, Guatemalan prayer friends, make sure that in your letters, in your communication to your special Guatemalan friends, please encourage them to stay in school. Encourage them to do well in school. Tell them that they can do it. Uh, it is so important for our children to get encouragement from you. I used to tell Guatemalan friends, like, when you come to Guatemala and you are going to meet uh, your, your special friend, it's like you have a superpower. You know, children listen to what you have to say. I may come and, say, and tell them that, but if you come and tell them, it's like you, you have a superpower that God has granted you, and I'm just asking you today, use that superpower to make sure that children stay in school, that they believe in, in themselves. So uh, I just you know, want to use that opportunity to also encourage our prayer friends to do that anytime you have the opportunity. You have a superpower speaking to the uh, U.S. sponsors on this side. 
encouraging them to do that. That's, that's wonderful. And it's a huge task, you know, thousands of letters that need to be translated, make sure that they're, uh, they're proofed. Uh, we could certainly pray for that person. Who's in charge uh, on your staff of that task? Yeah, that is a great question. So, uh, you know, we, we have a person, she, she's not in our office, um, but she's part of the team. Her name is uh, Diana. Uh, and I, I have never met someone so passionate about translating letters than Diana. You know, she can come to the office and she can share so many stories about the children and how prayer friends ask questions. So her job is not only to translate letters, but also just uh, kind of scan them and prove them to make sure that the communication is according to our child protection policy. But, um, you know, Diana is such an important element of our team, and that's all she does. You know, she translates letters, and, and we actually are speeding up the process, so she's going to be in charge of scanning the letters and sending them to, to you, you know, our, our Guatemalan uh, prayer friends. So, uh, you know, she, she can share stories about that, and, and she says, I like when I see that uh, prayer friends are responding to questions from the children and also when um, the children have questions for them. So she, she is really in charge of that communication flow because it's got to be two ways, not only from uh, U.S. prayer friends to the children, but also it has to be from the children to prayer friends. Mm, thank you. Yeah, thank you, uh, Deanna, for, for all of her hard work as well. In recent years, uh, there's been a lot of talk about the friendship model. In the traditional model, years ago, uh, a U.S. person would uh, pick a Guatemalan child and become, you know, a, a prayer friend, a hope chest friend. Uh, but now that that has shifted, and now the children in Guatemala uh, are picking a U.S. friend, where uh, we're, we're hanging a bunch of U.S. families up on a wall. How has that uh, process and that uh, shift in, in our whole sponsorship model been for the children in Guatemala and the care points? Yeah, uh, it has been amazing. I love this change. Um, I love how God, um, you know, just show us that there was a different way to, to do, you know, the sponsorship model. And I love that our friendship model because it is, it is a friendship that is formed between a child and a prayer friend. You know, I have, I have had the opportunity to be in so many of those uh, activities. You know, the Friendship Day celebration, we, we call it like that. It is a celebration to friendship and to the relationships that God has allowed us to, to form. Um, and just seeing the children at first, you know, they are like, Wow, these are so many pictures hanging in there. And when I tell them, you get to choose the family that you want to start a friendship with. Some of them are like, are you, is that for real? I can do that? So, you know, we are giving them a choice and a voice. And I have seen how, you know, for the children, it's like their eyes lit up when, when they see, I can choose. Some of them spend 
like 10 minutes going through pictures, going through pictures. Some of them do it right away because they know why they, they want to choose a, a specific friend. There, there, there was a, a, a child, you know, it, it was a little girl. I think she's three. So she, she was with her mom because she couldn't reach out to the pictures. And, and, you know, she's three, so she cannot speak like long sentences. And, and she was there and she saw one picture and she pointed at the picture and, and she went and grabbed the picture and when she came to me she was just looking at the picture and smiling smiling like you know she was looking the best piece of candy you can imagine and i'm like she's only three and the mom told me you know she saw that picture from far away she pointed to that picture and then she grabbed into that picture like you know she couldn't let it go i wanted to see that picture and she didn't want to share it with me so for our children you know having that opportunity and also taking that home um, i seen them how they place those pictures in the most special place at home you know seeing having that is going to also encourage them to know that there is someone far away that is praying for them, someone far away that is believing in, in, in that, you know, their capacity and their potential. So it, it is great, you know, I can speak about the friendship model for hours and hours, and I have so many stories that I could share. Um, and I just wanna say, you know, I, I'm so grateful that we are changing to this because we are really starting these friendships with the right foot. <laughs> you know, we are giving the child the choice, you know, to, to go and, and choose a friend. And then, you know, it is a true relationship. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's reciprocal. It, it goes two ways. And one of the things that we're doing with our longer term partners that maybe launched before the friendship model is we're inviting them to relaunch with the friendship model. And so that's been an exciting initiative uh, on, on our side as well uh, to uh, recharge. And, and this is a catalyst for some of the partnerships. So it's gone both ways in terms of the enthusiasm for sure. One of the unique things with these questions that uh, weren't necessarily asked of co other country directors is kind of on the personal side. We get to know uh, Carolina a little bit better. So uh, these are some fun questions for you. What song has stuck out to you in the past 18 months and has encouraged you to just keep serving? I love this one. Yeah, it is great. And it is hard to answer because there are so many worship songs that God has used to encourage me. Um, <clears throat> my, my prayer has been that, you know, God can use that to uh, really fill my tank, as we, we say. But there's one song that I think my, my team and the care point leaders were like, oh, that song again. Caroline is playing that song again. But I really like it. And, and God was using that to speak to my life and also wanted to share that with, um, with others. And, and it is Waymaker. And please, Will, don't ask me to sing because that is no one of my talents. And I'm aware. <laughs> Do, are you asking me to sing it? Yes, please. So the audience know what song I'm talking about. <laughs> Do you want to hear Will sing? I'm sure most people are saying yes. Right, right. Waymaker, miracle maker. Miracle worker. Miracle worker. 
promise light keeper. Light in the darkness, <laughs> our God. Yeah, so that I know the song. That is who you are. Yeah, good that job. is who you are. Right, right. Yeah, I love this song because it reminds me of relying on God, on making a way in the midst of all the trouble we are facing. Sometimes, when you work in the nonprofit world, you can feel that it is your own responsibility to create a way or to come up with a solution. But this song, you know, reminds me that we are God's instrument for Him to make a way. And then this song says, even when I, when I don't see you, or when I don't see you, I know you are working. And that has been a promise that we are sharing with a lot of people, you know. We may not see it right away, but God is at work. He never stops working. Love that. You lived in the United States for a while, so when you listen to music, uh, worship music or other music, do you listen more to uh, songs in English or in Spanish? Yeah, that is a great question. It is actually songs in English. <laughs> um, there, I think there are some words that have a deeper meaning in English. So I really like, you know, if you look at my playlist, I have more songs in English than Spanish, but I have some in Spanish as well. Mm -hmm. We love going to the care points when I'm leading teams uh, for of potential partners and when, when the children sing worship songs and we get to participate in that it it really is uh, life-changing those experiences to worship god cross-culturally together it's just like heaven you know i love when people worship in different languages i'm like this is just a little bit of taste of how heaven will be everybody singing different um from different countries different you know languages yeah i love that that's right you and i have shared hundreds of meals uh, together uh, over the years. What is your favorite Guatemalan dish? You know mine. I do. <laughs> I know yours. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, my favorite Guatemalan dish is called pepian. Uh, it is a stew made with a lot of Guatemalan spices and peppers, and it tastes so good. There is actually one care point that, you know, they, they, they make the best pepian. And whenever you, you come and visit, you know, with teams, and, and we have to go to that care point, I tell them, well, they would like to eat pepian. So I lie because it's me that wants to eat their pepian, but I used you as an excuse to ask them, please make pepian because I love it so much. So I'm a little bit selfish when we go to that care point. Uh, I love pepian. Yeah, I'm glad that you do that. Uh, I do as well, for sure. And uh, we've been known to enter into uh, the, the sweets in Guatemala, uh, like flan, uh, which is my uh, personal favorite. Do you have a uh, Do you have a dessert that you like um, more than more than another dessert? Um, that is actually a good question. I think I like I like flan and I like uh, tres leches cake as well. Um, yeah, I. But you know, if we go to the traditional Guatemalan desserts, um, there's one called mole. Those are fly fried plantains with uh, chocolate sauce and sesame seeds on top. 
that is one of my favorites and we actually had it last week we visited a care point and they made molly so i asked for seconds because i really like it that's right you and I, you and i share a passion for seconds that is yes <laughs> sure. uh, that's great that's great um how about weather what is uh the best weather in guatemala in your opinion uh, in my opinion, because uh, people like really hot weather, I like more when I like kind of fall weather, you know, when it's a little bit chilly. So that would be October through December and even January in Guatemala. So that is my favorite weather for the whole year, October through December. Mm -hmm. That's 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 nice. It, it, that's my favorite time of year uh, as as well. Uh, the last personal question, which uh, again I think is just fantastic, and it shows, I think it shows about the relationship that people feel like they have with you and with the staff. And one of our core values is relationship. But the question is, uh, how can how can we pray for you and and for your family? Oh, thank you. Well, um, you know, for. For my family, please pray for protection and, and good health. Um, we are grateful. We, we haven't got COVID, uh, but just, you know, please pray that God can continue to protect us and, and have good health. And then on a work level, I think um, something about my leadership is that I'm always looking for new ways or better ways to do what we do. So just pray for a lot of um, wisdom from God in discerning new ways, new systems. Um, we are going to have some challenges uh, next year um, uh, with COVID. So I, I, we, we don't want to do what, is, what most people are doing. That is part of our DNA. We want to do what God wants us to do so we can change the communities where we are working. So yeah, it'll be wisdom, health, and protection. That's great. And, and a perfect transition into talking a little bit about COVID-19. And that's been a global unifier, right? Yes. <laughs> We've all been impacted. Um, how is COVID-19 uh, affecting Guatemala currently? Yeah, uh, so a few weeks ago, it was really bad. You know, our hospitals were packed and a lot of people were dying. It was very sad and, and concerning. Um, but praise God, you know, vaccination has started and a lot of people are getting it. Uh, that has improved. Um, our hospitals have beds available for people who need medical attention. The mortality rate is not as high as it was a, a few weeks ago. So. I would say a little bit, um, we, we are seeing an improvement, a little improvement to what we had uh, a few weeks ago. Uh, we are still required to wear face masks all the time. Um, I don't like them for the record, but I have to. I don't want to get a fine by the government. Uh, wherever you go in Guatemala, they check your temperature. Um, big gatherings of people are not allowed and uh, that's why in some care points we haven't been able to do our programs as we normally did and children didn't come back to school this year 
remember that the Guatemalan school year goes January through October. So this whole year they, they couldn't, you know, they couldn't go back. Our president said that yes, they were going back in September, but that didn't happen because we were peaking in September. Right now it's dropping again. And my prayer will be, you know, December, that's the holiday season and a lot of family meetings. Uh, my prayer is that, you know, we don't peak again in December, in January, but there is a high risk that that, that can happen. Mm -hmm. How about it, at a care point level specifically, how have operations been impacted? Uh, what's different now than in, uh, if we call it pre-COVID times? Yes, uh, well, our care point operations have been severely or highly affected by COVID. We cannot run our core programs such as nutrition, discipleship, health and education as we did before, you know, because gatherings of people are not allowed. Currently, technology has been the best tool to reach out to families in the communities. A lot of our care points had to reinvent themselves. They are using Facebook Lives or Zoom meetings and, and they provide internet so families can connect. And that's how, you know, like discipleship or, um, you know, uh, education, just helping the children with their, their classes, that's uh, how that has been happening. Now with uh, nutrition, you know, you cannot send food using Zoom or, or Facebook. So um, our care points have been creative and they have set up times throughout um, the month where families come and get uh, food back uh, to help them with the nutrition of their children. And that is actually something that we have used to send the letters that you write to the children. We, we put those inside of those food bags that parents come to pick up to the care points. And the following month, they come back and they bring a response to those letters. So yeah, we, we have to be creative. Um, last year, I kept using one word, and that word was opportunity. What are the opportunities that COVID-19 is creating? What are the, I'm not using the challenges or the struggles because if we go that route, we may be discouraged. So I'm saying, what are the opportunities God wants us to explore during this time? And our care points have impressed us uh, in how creative they have been and how God has shown them how to minister different families in the communities. Can you give an example of some of that creativity? Yeah, like uh, one care point, they, they are doing um, parenting classes using um, Facebook Live. Uh, another care point, they have like WhatsApp, uh, you know, that is a messaging app, the most common one in Guatemala. They created a group and it has become like a support group to help parents so they help each other. So that has been very interesting, you know, to see how um, they are using technology to reach out to um, families in the, in, in the communities. That's great. That's great. Now, I am not trying to get political with this question, uh, and I don't assume that the Hope Chest friend that asked this question is, is getting political, but one of the big things in the United States is the idea of vaccinations 
do I want to get vaccinated? Do I not? Uh, it's, is, is it my right to say yes or no? And, and it's a big deal here in the U.S. How about in Guatemala and the local communities? Do they receive vaccinations? And is it uh, a polarizing thing in Guatemala like it is here in the U.S.? Yeah, so at first, our struggle was that we didn't have any vaccines because there was some uh, corruption with the process of getting vaccines. Finally, we start getting some vaccines and, and people start getting it. I think that there are two different scenarios here. You know, Guatemala City, a more urban setting, People are more open to go and get the vaccine. But what we are finding is that in local or rural communities, the countryside of Guatemala, there are people who are afraid to get the vaccine. You know, they, they just don't want it. Uh, so I think it's the same here. Um, our government is doing, they are taking a good campaign informing, you know, these are the benefits if you get the vaccines. So right now I'll say there are a lot of people that won't get it. They just, yeah, just in, like in the U.S. But there are a lot of people who, um, who are getting it and they have access to vaccines. Actually, you know, our government opened um, the vaccination age range from 12 to 18. So we are having teenagers, uh, they are going and getting the vaccine. Mm -hmm. How about just the foreseeable future with COVID-19 in Guatemala? Well, for next year, uh, there are some things that are still um, uncertain, are kind of up in the air. Uh, I've been asking and getting some information about, for example, how, how will the school year look like next in January? You know, we, we, ha we are three months away from that. And there are some schools where they are like, we got information from the government that the first quarter we cannot come back to school. Uh, so there, it, right now, is, it looks like the plans are um, for a quarter, so no, not the whole year. So the first quarter, a lot of children, most of them actually, won't be going back um, to school. I think COVID may get um, better <laughs> next year, but it will depend on how people uh, follow the safety measures during the month of December. And actually, I'm gonna even mention, um, yeah, in November, there are some holidays in those two months where, you know, if people don't wear face masks and don't protect themselves, I think things can get uh, a little bit complicated. Um, our, you know, Guatemala has used a color code system. So uh, last week, that code system changed because it updates every every other week. And uh, right now, there are a lot of communities in uh, either yellow or orange. A few weeks ago, it was like the whole map was red, red and red. So I think we are seeing little improvement. Um, we are watching how things develop in November and December. And then in January, we were gonna be informing how travel looks like uh, for the country, how, how we'll be doing uh, programming. We may still have a small groups of children coming throughout, um, throughout a week and in different days. 
So there are some things that we are still deciding. We are gonna be having a strategic planning meeting in November with our care points because the opinion of our leaders are, is so important. We, we want to make plans, but not just hope, just plans. We want them to be a plan created with help from an input from community leaders. All of our partners, I'm sure, are asking, and I'm asking as well. Uh, I know that we have committed to not travel to Guatemala through the end of the calendar year. Uh, again, this is being recorded on October 20, and it's difficult to foresee the future uh, of travel, but do you have anything on, in, in mind when, when you believe that teams may be welcomed into Guatemala? Um, you mean next year? Uh, yes. Yeah, I think that would be possible, but we want to do assessments community by community because there are some communities that are more open to have visitors than, than others. And then COVID situation is different in different areas of the country. So we're, and this is very important, we're going to be talking with care point leaders because some of them may say yes please come because they want to see you but they have some fear you know like oh is this going to create big gatherings of people when people in the community know that we have a team here they are all they all are coming and we're going to have a lot of people outside so we we want to talk with every care point leader and, and understand um, if they are saying yes, I want to hear why it's a yes. Or if they are saying no, I want to hear why it is a no. Because, you know, there's a tendency of saying yes, come, but just because they feel like, oh, we, we want our partners to be happy and we want to see them, but I really want to be very cautious and I don't want to create problem for our care point leaders. Mm -hmm. Thank you. That's great insight. Um, this last, as we wrap up today, this last part is, what would you want to say to all of our listeners today? Just giving you a little bit of, without a question, uh, what encouragement do you want to leave or thoughts that, that you have for, for our listeners today? Yeah, uh, thank you for the opportunity to, to share with them. Well, to our listeners, to our audience today, I just want to say thank you for taking the time to, to listen to this podcast, uh, but not just for listening. I, I want to say thank you for the time that you are investing and the energy you are investing to make a difference, not only in Guatemala, because we may have people from partnering in other countries who are listening to this. Thank you. Thank you for responding God's um, call on, you know, go and serve and change, um, serve, go and serve communities. I, I, I love that. There is a, I was listening to a song lately uh, and it is called Send Me. And, and this song says, um, if I, I am no for, for um, if my acts reflect 
uh, how much I love you. I want to act every day with love to others. So I, I want to say that if you are listening to this and you are partnering in any of our care points, um, I can see that you love the Lord because you are serving and loving the least of these. And, and I want to say thank you. We want to bless your life and we want to thank you for, for your investment. And I'm not talking just about financial, you know, it's emotional, it's your time. Thank you, you know, God, God is a good God. It is a God that can see uh, that you are sowing in his kingdom. And my prayer is that you can uh, reap what you have been sowing and that God can bless you. Thank you, thank you for your time. And it is an honor for me to share my story, to share my heart with you. Uh, and I hope I can see you in Guatemala and share this face to face. Thank you so much for joining us today. It's always a delight to be able to spend uh, time with you. Uh, give our best from the U.S. and all of our partners to you, to your staff, and uh, to the care point and the children. Our prayers uh, are with you and, and for you. Thank you, Will. And thank you for the interview. You made this very enjoyable. So thank you. <laughs> you bet. And thank you for listening to this episode of Children's Hope Chess, Build Relationships, Break Poverty. You can follow Hope Chest on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. If you haven't yet, go to Apple Podcasts to subscribe, rate, and review our podcast. Mm-hmm.